Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart convenience stores conveniently located all across southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At take five, your oil change is faster than you think. Take five, the stay in your car 10 minute oil change. This is T. Willie. I'm once again talking with Miles Johnson. How are you doing today, and what great sales do you got at Foodland this week? Oh, well, I'm doing great. This week, we have a normal week-long sale. Our week-long sale includes ground beef for $3.49 a pound, seedless grapes, $2.19 a pound, sweet potatoes, $0.99 cents a pound, Milo's Guarantee, 3 for 10, and Coca-Cola six-pack, uh, 3 for 10. Thanks, Miles. That's amazing. Again, people need to check that out. And you're located right there at 427 West 7th Street, the big shopping center with plenty of parking right there by the post office. It's easy to get in and out of. Uh, you got some a very friendly staff working there, and we really appreciate. I know I come in there from time to time as well. The store is stocked very well. Uh, the people are very friendly, and they'll help you find whatever you need. Miles, thank you as always. I appreciate you and your staff, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week as well. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Here's a tip, Basilio. Start your show on time. Okay, there we go. How's that sound? Absolutely outstanding day to be alive and well with you. Brian Bino are here, neither of whom. Had an opportunity to sound off on Tennessee's huge win over Texas A&M over the weekend. And uh, as I so eloquently wrote, and my man, the throat, today, Jimbo Fisher going Jimbo Fisher, A&M going A&M. It doesn't matter what we did or didn't do with our passing game. They were going A&M. And and Tennessee's 5-1. with an opportunity to go to Alabama and continue to make this series extremely streaky. Ladies and gentlemen, moving right to left across your device, I give you, on a Monday, Bino, Jeff Henderson. Bino, Jeff, go ahead, man. Tommy B., uh, it was a uh, kind of a mistake-filled 
game of missed opportunities offensively where we shot every toe off of both feet, uh, which made it uh, a tense, kind of frustrating watch, especially from home where I was forced to watch it from uh, on Saturday. But on, on the other hand, uh, it's another October SEC win, which for years have been hard to come by here. Uh, and it's somewhat nice to know uh, that you can still win a game today uh, with defense and running game and a kicking game. So, uh, you know, I, I thought Joe probably had as poor a game as he's had here from a decision-making standpoint. Uh, and we were way, way too penalty-prone. Uh, but our running game and pass rush and kicking game were also on point. Uh, we were able to overcome those things and uh, win what I think is just a, a critical, very big, uh, satisfying uh, SEC game. How you feeling, Bino? Uh, I'm better, Tony. I, I'm I am better. Sound uh, good. But it's been it's been a slog to get here this time. I've got, uh, but uh, I'm, Bino never I'm gets sick. Progress. You never get sick. You were sick for like a week, weren't you? I first uh, I. I I had got a sore throat last Tuesday evening, and then it hit pretty hard on Wednesday and Wednesday night. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm going on a week here, uh, but uh, we're uh, we're making progress. Tony Basilio show on a Monday. If you want to get in eight six five two hundred five four zero two, we were on about five hours the other day. We've got a lot to talk about here. Um. Brian Hartman, your thoughts on what we saw as the Vols survive in advance? Aren't many 5-1 starts around here. Teams won 10 games, uh, what, 14 times in its history? On track to do that right now, on track for a 10-2 season. Go ahead, Brian. I like how Josh Heupel has started out 4-2, 6-0, and 5-1 in his first six games. I also like how... He isn't trying to force his numbers. He's trying to do, and he's adjusting to what this team has to do to win games. He's not trying to force things down. He's not trying to force his numbers down your throat. He's gonna if he if it's if running the ball is how he's gonna win the game and throwing for a hundred yards is how he's gonna win a game. He'll do that. He doesn't have to put up these monstrous numbers. So I like the fact that he's able to adjust to what he has and. I'll be honest, Joe Melton is what he is. I don't think he's replaced. I don't think he's going to be replaced. I don't know that he should be replaced. But I just hope that he can get through the rest of this year. And if they can go, if, if they can just win two of these four questionable games that they have left, I think that'll be good for this team. If they can finish nine and three, that's my goal. I think that's too, I think that's very doable now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, hindsight's an interesting thing, right, guys? And so Thrody made a good point about about the fact that they, you know, they just haven't played that freshman, so you're never going to play him now in this spot. I mean, never. What I think is really interesting, guys, is if you would have given Heupel and this staff, if they would have known that they would get this kind of quarterback play out of this dude, would they have gone out? in the offseason and gone with a stopgap veteran to help them. Because Milton hasn't taken even the, minor, the, the the smallest step forward. I just call it what it is. I mean, 
people the other night on the post-game show where you can't say that. You, you, you can say that. I absolutely can say that. I'm not attacking the guy personally. I'm talking about his play. He doesn't look like a, he doesn't look like a serious quarterback to me. I don't, I don't know what he looks like. No offense. But, you know, you think if they'd have had a run over at this thing again, because they trusted this guy twice now, and twice it's not working out. And Josh Heupel's a brilliant guy, but that's twice now. You know, what's the old saying about fool me once? This guy's fooled him twice now, Bino, which he has. He's fooled him twice. Yeah, I, uh, when when I look around at the transfer quarterbacks that people got, Tony, though, if 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 you didn't get a Sam Hartman, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who else is out there that transferred that's making a huge impact. Here's the thing you don't know about the transfer market, which I'll counter one thing with you here. When you're Tennessee and you're red hot and you have that offense, guys mostly go into the portal when they already have a place to go. Alabama, Alabama knew they had a quarterback issue this year. They know it. We started hearing Bino about a year ago that Alabama was flirting around with Drake May, if you remember that. And Drake May's play fell off the cliff after that. That's that kid at North Carolina who's very good. And, Bino, I think if Tennessee would have put a little help on it out, out the back door, I think they could have pulled somebody that could play. Because I think this is a very inviting offense. I think that'd be a, this would be a really fun one-year offense to come play in and come do your thing. Poor Joe Milton, Bino. I know you're watching on television. You've never seen a guy. And I'm, I'm not going to belabor this today. But that thing he did on that first series on third and short or third down when he ran out of bounds two yards before, there, there, nobody near him, two yards before the sticks, have you ever in your life seen that on a football field being out anywhere? Uh, you just absolutely can't do that, Tony. You you can't do that as a freshman, let alone as a six-year senior. Um, you know, Joe Milton, at, at this point, what I think what you see is what you get. I'm certainly no quarterback coach, but what my untrained eye sees is a guy that's just extremely physically gifted uh, who's – indecisiveness and his his lack of field vision i think will always keep him from running hypo's offense at the level that hypo's accustomed to having it run by just about everybody else that he's ever had at that position and now tennessee's got to go on the road and kind of work around him and win and that's the charge now the next three weeks three of the next four weeks However you want to slice the uh, the apple here. But got three challenging road are games you, here. Are you surprised that he did what he did there? With He's the same guy who ran out of bounds against Ole Miss with no time on the clock, down by five points. What's weird about Joe. That is at their 15-yard line. What's weird about him, Brian, is he's just sort of all over the place. Like he does that thing in the second half where he's running guys over. And in the first half, he's running out of bounds with nobody near him. It's like like Sybil or something playing quarterback. Like, what are we doing? Really strange. I, I, will say, I will say it was good to see him willingly be a part of the running game, especially in the second half. 
I, I think this offense is going to need that uh, going forward, and I, I hope that's what we're going to see going forward is not a whole lot of running out of him, but some where they have to account for him. And, you know, he he did truck their best linebacker and got him out of the game. I heard him. But here's the thing, right? I want you guys, and Bino, I need a history lesson from you. Guys like this Melro dude, down through the years, we don't do well against these guys. These run-around two quarterbacks, historically, this isn't a Josh Heupel thing. This is a Johnny Majors, probably Doug Dickey. Bino can speak to this. In my years here, when we see these uber-athletic guys, a quarterback, that does not go well for us. Now, that has nothing to do with this game. But I'm just, because this Alabama series is about history. It's about the fact that since the World War II times, you look at this series, and all but five times, there's been a streak in this series of more than one game, which means Tennessee's got a, if you look at the history of it, they've got an opportunity to get down there and get a W. Bino, we do not play well down through the years against a quarterback like this guy. We just don't. Uh, no, Tony, I don't know how many staffs we've had in a row that containment seems to be somewhat of an issue. Uh, and, you know, whether it was Don Smith from Mississippi State or Prince somebody from Wichita State, we <laughs> run around quarterbacks of our way. I guess they give everyone trouble, but they certainly give us trouble. Uh, so... We we have to somehow keep him from beating us with his legs and make him beat us throwing the football. And if he can, he does. But you can't let him beat you running the football. Larry Bud Elliott says the following: the top fifteen teams, top fifteen teams rather, from college football's preseason poll, have played seventy-one games this year as favorites of ten or more points. Again, the top 15 teams in America in the preseason poll have played 71 games as favorites of 10 or more points. They are 70-1 in those games. The line opened up last night, guys, at? Just under 10 points, like 9.5, which is wild to me. That's a lot of points, guys. Tennessee plus one and a half scores is a lot of points, guys. That's a lot of points, Beanstar. That's that's a little bit of a lack of respect for this football team and what they've accomplished so far, in my humble opinion. Well, I I, I thought Tony it would pro, and I'm not I'm not good at projecting yeah. spreads. Yeah. But I had eight and a half in mind. Yeah. So it's not terribly off of what I had in mind, but I, I would agree with you. A team is as uh, offensively challenged as Alabama and Tennessee both are, uh, and as good as both are defensively, over a touchdown is a lot of points. Orange Throat has this fascination with, and he did it in, I don't know, today he did it in the middle of uh, special teams praise for the Vols, but he's all over this Halsley guy for some reason. But, but you know, we ran for... 200 and a million yards against a defense that surrendered 23 the week before 
Do you have a problem with our offensive coordinator, Bino, after Saturday? Uh, no, I don't have an opinion on our offensive coordinator man, yet, Tony. Uh, what in the world, I think man? He's had, uh, I think he's had uh, uh, the biggest challenge uh, that anyone's had serving under Heupel. Hello. Uh, but quarterback play isn't what they're accustomed to having. And he's had a patchwork offensive line as well. So, I mean, what in the world? What's this guy? Here, here's my thing today. I was dealing with him in the blog. I'm like, I mean, what do you? What's next? You're gonna have a guy like have a 40 yard dash time and engage his time with a 10 pound weight tied to his ankles. How in the world with this wide receiving core and that quarterback are you gonna judge an offensive coordinator? Orange throat. If you're listening, my gosh. Why do people always have to rip these coach? I mean, why? I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't understand that. What are you supposed to do? Saturday, I thought that was a highly productive day that they got out of their offense. I thought it was terrific. Of course, they only scored one touchdown. But they ran the ball. They played keep away. They were tougher than that team. They hit them with some very timely draw plays. They went up and down between the 20s really well. Sure did. I mean, look, when your quarterback can't finish drives, what are you supposed to do? I mean, what what is the offensive court? How is that a reflection on the offensive coordinator? And these receivers, when he does throw the ball near them, they can't catch a cold in a room full of sick kids. That's got to make, and Brian, you said it about Heupel earlier. Heupel said to the media after the game, he said, I will take this game been a long, long time since I've been in one of these. He does not sign up for those games. We all know that. This is not the college football he wants to play. They coached that thing perfectly late in that game. They kept it right in front of them. They played A&M the exact way I would have. The only thing I disagree with that they did was put the ball in the quarterback's hands to throw it on second down, down around the goal line. There's no way I do that. No the day he was having, are you letting him throw the ball there, Bino? No way, Jose, am I am I doing that? I I, I think Tony after the after the penalty after the face mask penalty that backed us up, uh, I I think at that point I probably just run the football. Uh, you run him out of timeouts, run the clock down a little further, and kick the field goal. Now, how about a word? For our Texas A&M brethren in this league, I've said for years and years on here, I I don't want to pat on the back, but I've said they are the fakest, phoniest, national college football program in the history of college football. Not this year, not last year, not next year, and the year after that, but all-time Bino, have you ever seen a collection of talent that they have play to that level? Every possible thing they could have done to lose the game, they did. That center stepped on that quarterback's foot like three times. I mean, they 
are absolute lovable losers. That's what they are. And I wonder how PFF graded out that center. Let's see. He threw about six ground balls back there to Johnson. He stepped He sacked him twice. Uh, I don't think he could have graded out very well. Based on some of their Gitmo grades, I bet he had like a 135.6. Let's go back to the phones. You know, is uh, did Vitello see how he was stealing those ground balls? That poor Johnson guy. <laughs> Throat had a good thing about him in the blog, and then I, I dug up some of that PFF Pro Football Hocus Focus stuff off some guy's Twitter feed. I think the number was he threw 35 passes, and 26 of them he was either hurried, hit, or knocked down or thrown to the ground. That Johnson guy needs an ice bath and a couple days off. Really fun to see a game like that. Real McCoy, Tony. Oh boy, the defensive line was so good Saturday that you didn't even notice our secondary. You know why? Because he didn't have time to throw the ball downfield. That's how you they were picking off passes at the fourth quarter. That's how you negate. Well, that ball was airmailed. Come on, Brian. That's how you negate. That's how you negate, and that and that was a pass rush interception too. That's the point. That's how you negate your secondary. You pressure a quarterback like that, I could go play defensive back for you. This team has something about them. They really do. When you can run the ball the way this team can run the ball, and you can stop the other team up front the way this team can, and you play a little mix, a little special teams in with that, yeah, it's kind of cracking on the uh, rugby-style punter. We've never done that here. That was an absolutely picture-perfect play, a beautiful play. A bow your head when you say Johnny Majors and General Nealon's name on a day where you're honoring Eric Berry. That was an unbelievable turn of events there. For Billy D. Williams, I've got your number, Colt 45, to catch that ball, down it over his shoulder, and then come back after a quick three and out and score on a well-blocked play, I got time for that kind of football. I'm with you, Bino. I never thought we'd see that again here in 2023. No, I, I, I thought that was passe now. Uh, you know, Tony, I, I told you earlier this year that those rugby-style kickers always hated to see them against us. So even though Ross started out a little bad, I was kind of glad to have one. And he just totally negated any return. And they, I mean, they've got a return game just like we do. But he totally negated any of that. They never had, I don't believe they had one return yard. And meanwhile, in true Jimbo Fisher fashion, Texas A&M, for some reason, with the offense they have, with the way they want to play football games under him, which is to say close to the vest like that, they've got a punter. I'll bet you there's five guys in the KFL, if that still exists. I don't know Mark Packer does it. But they've got five guys in the KFL, I would bet you, that can still, that could probably out-punt that kid, Star. What is that guy doing on a Division One field? No offense to him. That punny, the ball hit at, his thir- at our 35 and he takes it in for a touchdown? Did you see that punt? At their 35, yeah. rather? 
Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he he hit two in a row that were under thirty. What in the? I mean, you want to play the game like? Can you imagine that guy's going to make seventy five million dollars on the way out the door? That goofy looking Mick Jagger. So and so. Let's go to the phones. Hey, the Vols have a lot, a lot going right this week. You just got to work around that passing game. And I think that's a fair statement. You got to get just very little out of it, and you and you can't get turnovers. That's all. Can we officially start saying that on the Arabino, or are we going to continue the we need to play our best game at quarterback? Or are we going to start saying this is who we are now, Adam Sparks? No, I, I think that this is pretty much who we are, Tony. I I, I think we're going to have to rely on a running game yep. and hope we get enough out of the passing game uh, to supplement it. So if these guys punishing people was on your Singo card, play along, because that's what this is going to be. Punish you on offense and defense. Again. And Oskew. They, they know they can run now. Yep. They can run it on anybody. Yep. I think. Even even Georgia somewhat. When you do it against those well, guys we, without Brock Bowers. Five and one. Will they be without Brock Bowers when they play Osprey? He could be out for a few okay, weeks. Okay, well, I don't he know. could be out it's for a few don't, don't say without Brock Bowers, then, if we don't know that. I love you, but don't please don't do that. Let's go to the phone. Oh, Georgia, Georgia's next game they have circled is here in, 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 in Knoxville. And as long as that's the case, till I see otherwise, I will say, unless that kid's seriously injured, he'll be on the field then. Do you believe that, Bino? Are you singing off my uh, off my hymnal there when it comes to the Bulldogs and Brock Bowers? Uh, I I think Brock Bowers will be back just as soon as he can possibly be back. Let's see, and that's it's we're quite a ways off from Georgia. Yes, I mean, what is that? Six weeks away? Five weeks? Calendar wise. We play Georgia on November the 18th, so we're a month out. All right. Another question for you guys. We'll hear in, in an hour or so. What time will the Kentucky game be? Brian, you're usually pretty good about this. Against Devin Leary in a game where well, the total, what's the total this week? Like 45 and a half? Is that what I saw? 40, uh, 48. 48 and a half. What are you inclined to go with, Zen like Sports, Bri? What are you inclined to go with there? I think Kentucky, Tennessee will probably be a night game. I don't think it'll be CBS three thirty. I don't think it'll be a noonish game. I believe it'll be a night game. I think. Uh, I think the last. I want to say six Kentucky games in Lexington have all kicked off at night. I think the last one to kick off at noon was twenty eleven, the infamous Matt Rourke game. Oh, boy, the Matt Work game. I think. The Randy Sanders, Matt Work, Tyler Bray special. Hello and welcome into our first call. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes. Hey, Peggy. Hey, I just really wanted to call in today to say hi to Bino because he 
is my favorite commentator. I love to listen to him and his take. What do we like about Bino? What is it about Thanks Bino? We so like much, Peggy. I appreciate that. What is it we like about oh Bino, God. Peggy? Well, his humor, his little, and, uh, you know, y'all play so perfectly off each other. Look, I'm a newbie, so I'm just, you know, figuring this out. Who's who, you know, and, oh, hello, Bri. I think there's Bri there. So all this is kind of new to me. But oh, hi. Bino with his little, remember I told you the first time I ever listened, y'all, you you were discussing the uh, penalties, you know, from when Pruitt was there and we were talking about all the sanctions and stuff and he, we were talking about, y'all were talking about Fulmer and he said never had he seen anybody in such a short time go from being Sergeant Carter to Sergeant Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, Peggy. I, I think I was talking about that string, that string between uh, uh, Jones and Fulmer as the athletic director. Oh, I, okay, but yes, but, I, you know, when, if you grew up a kid watching, you know, just that reference, I thought, okay, this is the show for me, because I get well, That's right, stuff. that's right. Sergeant Carter, by the way, Frank Sutton, dated a woman in Clinton. Yes. When he was on that show, he used to uh, he used to hang around Shinliver and Marlowe and Doss at the Tri-Cities of Clinton. There was a woman he dated out there. <laughs> well, oh, I can just hear him, you know, say, you know, Hollering at Gummer Powell, you know, and then I could see Sergeant Shields saying, I know nothing. <laughs> well, that was pretty much Fulmer's athletic directorship, although he oh, did get, I'll tell God. you this, he hired himself, if he came here to turn around our volleyball program, he did do that because Eve Rackham yeah. is knocking it out of the park. Brian, did they yeah. win yesterday afternoon? I got lost in my NFL lore. I don't know how my they, volleyball. Uh, Unfortunately, Damn unfortunately, it. they got swept by Kentucky in two Touch stinks because they swept Kentucky up there. So Kentucky's oh, excellent. Can, yeah, that's a good. That's a good team. That's a great team. To your show, you was doing from Calhoun yep. when uh, Tony Ball stopped in, and I got to tell you, you and John had me. It was hysterical. Peggy John's a big fan of yours, and when we did, and when we did, it's great to be a Tennessee Vol with Tony Vols and sung Happy Birthday to him. He told me later, he said, "Dude, that got me." He said, "I'm not gonna lie to you, Tony, that got me." Uh, listen, you all were so funny; it tickled me death. I was actually sitting here laughing like a sitcom because they said. I could tell he was nervous. He said, you're, you're all over the place. He said, you got, you know, you had somebody on know just looking for Tony B to come. You had friends and family. I mean, he said, you're. <laughs> I was seating people oh. behind me. I had Jim Peters with TLD Logistics and McConkie and all oh, those guys. And then we're trying to do the show. We had two flyovers. The first one scared me. Like, you can't believe. But, Peggy, you're the greatest. We love you. You are, uh, you become a guilty pleasure in this program. You're the great. We need to meet you sometime. 
Oh, yeah. Look, me and my daughter were going to try to get down there, but we just had our own own little private party. Listen, let me ask y'all this real quick. Did you happen to see the little girl that's got about a million views or more doing, she's saying it's football time in Tennessee, the three-year-old. She's on WDLT. I have not seen her. Bino, okay, that's the dumbest question I've Bino, have you seen the little girl that says it's football time in Tennessee who's three years old? She's going viral. Bino, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. Shock. Okay, Brian, have you seen it? Here's a good one. Brian, have you seen it? Watch us, Peggy. No, I haven't. Peggy, no, these, guys, these guys might as well be living in a cave in like Tora Bora somewhere, Peggy. Well, check out WBLT. Uh, Casey Willis come up to. Is she your granddaughter or something? <laughs> She's my niece, yeah. Boom! Peggy, you are going to go viral. That's who you are. The kid, your kin is going to go viral. That's who you that are. Little girls, we've got, you've got to have her. You what, you see that. She's, uh, we had, uh, we had an all girls, uh, uh, party. I had to calm down. I was, you know, I apologize for growling, but we're starting to thing, you know, uh, it's all those dirt, you know, UT, I call them checkerboard chicks, hashtag, it's a new thing. That's what uh, my friend Mike Fidanza called me last night, and he said, I have a new appreciation for these ladies that wear the white cow belt, cowgirl boots, even my Penn State friends, they were like, my yeah. gosh, he said the stadium, he said, I'm just... Uh, he said, I'm in love with this place. I'm in love with these people. Peggy came once. Now, you know from up there in New Jersey, going from oh, that yeah. to this, that is like going from black and white into full color, high definition, Peggy. That's what they got to experience this weekend. You know that. Oh, I know they love it. we got to go to Larry's Bar, too. Larry's Bar in Millville, Peggy. Thank you. That's Uncle Larry's Bar up in Millville, New Jersey, who gave us the great Mike Trout. As we take a brief time out, we'll come back on the other side. We'll get some callers in. The orange-blooded wants to speak through the magic of uh, Twitter Spaces, X, who tells me that uh, he's got a recruiting report on the way as the Vols continue to ascend. Five and one record. Tennessee and Alabama ranked, playing each other. For the first time in back-to-back years, which is what I meant to write this morning, in back-to-back years since 1995-1996, it's been almost 30 years since those two teams in consecutive seasons have played as ranked opponents. That is hard to believe. As we continue, how much longer is this series going to continue? I'm going to ask Bino that because there was a troubling something or other written in the Alabama press on this over the weekend. We'll tackle that after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. 
This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931 931- 548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. 
Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11-11-23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com, the Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Any given Saturday, any given Sunday, any given Saturday, any given Sunday, I keep telling myself that. Um, yesterday, that, that, that was the case in the National Football League. So far in college ball, the only real upset we've had of what we're trying to see Saturday is Clemson uh, losing on Duke's field, which happened, I believe, first weekend of the season. And it's been pretty much chalk ever since in these types of games. So it'll be interesting. This game toggled or opened right around, what, what was the number again, guys? Was it nine, eight and a half, nine? What was the number? Or nine, nine and a half. It was about yeah. 8 to 10, somewhere in there. Yeah, which is just which is just really a lot of points. It's very disrespectful toward this Tennessee team. And, Brian, I just got a call from somebody who uh, is pretty tied internally. And the folks that were listening on Twitter Spaces heard me say to this individual that we'll uh, – compare notes later on which is what we're going to do um because i'll make a couple calls later but the the bowers thing you may end up being accurate in terms of uh he he said that tennessee believes there's a decent chance that bowers has this minor procedure no way he plays for the next several weeks and by the time the tennessee game rolls around the belief internally is Maybe he decides just to shut it down because he's an NFL. I mean, he's like a – look, I'm not a draft Nick like a gold brick Joe or something, but he may decide, hey, what's the point? What do I have to prove? I've won two national championships. You know, uh, Brett McMurphy just said that he likely will miss the remainder of the season. There you go. That's but how Tennessee I could feels. See a jail, I could sort of see a Jalen Waddle situation with Alabama that year. Remember, he got hurt the COVID year in Knoxville on a punt return or yes. a kick return or something. Yep. And he was out. But he somehow found his way to get back in and played in the national championship game. If Georgia is in the playoffs, would he not, if he misses the rest of the regular season and, and they're in the playoffs, would he try to get back in time for that? I mean, if you're a top 10 draft pick and you've already won two national championships, Bino, how do you answer that? Well, I'm going to play, but I don't think it's <laughs> – think a whole lot of kids today will. That's right. Now, he might. I'll tell you this. If he's not on the field, they have a really hard time winning at Auburn. And I can promise you that Tennessee crowd will be every bit as imposing as that Auburn crowd. Every bit. Back to the phones we go. This is a really interesting football season all of a sudden. 
The one thing I'm trying to keep in mind here is the myopia of our fan base, of every fan base. It's my job to pull the lens back and go, hey, you do realize that nobody in this league can play offense, right, vertically? I mean, let's just call it what it is. I need to make a note of this for the blog tomorrow. The two best quarterbacks in the league, guys, are, go ahead, Bino, who are the two best? Because Alabama saw one of them over the weekend. Um, uh, Daniels at LSU. Um, and uh, uh, I, I guess it's Jefferson. He's got so little help. Um, How? Uh, I think it's Rattler and Jefferson myself, but K.J. Daniels is pretty good. You're right. You got to deal for Arkansas fans because they don't have Jefferson next year, and they're two and five with him. He was a one man, and I know you were watching it Saturday, Bino. He was a one man show against them Saturday, and leading them into back into contention in that football game. You had to see that to believe it. Just refused to go down. He's (laughs) he he's just a man out there, and I, I did overlook Rattler. I. Rattler has to be one of the top three. Those are probably the top three in the league, I would yep. think. And n- none of those teams are contending teams. It's just a weird year. The contending teams all have quarterback play that's, I mean, unless you want to count Missouri, because the freshman at Missouri, I'll tell you this, kid's a nice player. They got something cooking there at quarterback. That kid's a nice player. And they're dangerous on, on us in a couple of weeks. That's dangerous. When you go to Kentucky and, and you outscore them, what was it, 38-7 down the stretch? Get you some of that. 38-7 since they were down 14-0. Yeah, get you some of that uh, there, Mr. NIL, Barney Rubble. They might, they might have on loss when Tennessee goes up there. They're going to be a handful. There's no question that game's going to be a handful. And that's where we are. The teams that can really score are dangerous for us. That A&M team can't score, so they're not dangerous. I'm not sure how dangerous Alabama is, quite honestly. But they can score some points, though. Alabama can. You know Cousin Shane that works with that uh, Mike Bratton, the SEC podcast guy? Yeah. He said that he thinks A&M's the best team in the the conference and should be 7-0, talent-wise. I, I agree with him. You have a defensive line? How in the world did that team go to Miami and get overwhelmed? And that wide receiving core? But but like Matt said, their whole game is to go out and play you close. They had a real opportunity early in the Tennessee game to take control of that thing. The second time they got the ball. And they just kind of, hey, what about Jimbo Fisher being there, the way he managed, knowing that he had the ball in the middle eight both times, and the way he just bled the clock out? Who does that in 2023, Beanstar? I'm glad he did, but who does that? Didn't call timeout. He's Fred Flintstone out there. He's horrendous. Back to the phones we go. We've had a Barney Rubble mention and a Fred Flintstone mention. You know we're off to a good start. Hello and welcome in to our next call on a Monday. Uh, Josh Hyper coming up in about a half hour. Hello. 
What do you say, Tony? Hey, Philly. How you been on Brian though? Hey, good to talk to you, brother. And great seeing you Friday with your posse. And and Bino missed it Friday, but that's the biggest crowd I've ever seen down there, and that was a four ring circus. Yeah, it was entertainment. Glory, for sure. No doubt. Especially you, uh, you know, saying well, it's great to be a Tennessee Vile. It was even more funny. Well, we need to do that a little bit, Philly. I was, I was, uh, I was bringing it on Friday. I was kind of pump, as they yeah, say in the trade. Yeah. You're doing like your old school, Masilio. Yeah, know? I was pumped the other day. <laughs> well, guys, whoever thought that uh, the two strengths of our football team would be our two biggest weaknesses this year? Okay, meaning back and wide receiver. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What a difference a year makes, Phil. Because because this look, people want to blame Milton, and Milton's not very good at all. He's just not. Our wide receiving play this year has been abhorrent. Yeah, Phil, I'm probably more disappointed with the wide receiver play than I am Joe, uh, because I I knew we would have some fall off. It was inevitable when you lose Height and you lose Tillman, but I, I didn't see just. This type of drop off. I mean, we're we're fast. Chaz Nimrod was your leading receiver Saturday in an SEC game like Texas A and M that you won. And he's a freshman, right? That says everything right yeah, there to me. Second you year need player. to know. Yes. Well, he might be pretty good in time. No he doubt may be about good it. Right now, he may have to be good right now. Do y'all know the uh, status of uh, Gerald Mincy's injury? Uh, no, but I need to run that down. I'm sure we're not going to find anything out today uh, regarding that. It wasn't a good sign that he left early and didn't come back. That's never a good sign. Well, especially against Alabama. Alabama is uh, very huge on the uh, defensive line. They're not as athletic as they used to be, but they're still, you know, very affordable. Philly, they... um they have great athletes on defense. There's no doubt about that. And they're going to pressure Joe Milton to play faster than he wants to play. And you make a good point. I'm making a note right now. In fact, I'm sending a text on Mincy's status. Thank you for that. And uh, I'd say Alabama will uh, put eight or seven or eight in the box and dare Joe Milton to beat them. If they're smart. Uh, well, you got to stop Tennessee's running game. That's right. Arkansas yeah. did a little bit of both and really paid the price. And then Arkansas had a couple of key injuries, and I'm not saying that's why Tennessee ran the ball well. Tennessee was running the ball well with Nolan in the game, but Nolan got hurt. Their middle linebacker, who's probably their best defensive player, got hurt. And they had a freshman out there uh, in his spot, that kid from Texas that uh, that our buddy from uh, uh, our buddy was telling us about last week on here. Um, and he looked like he was going to be a nice player in time, but they were misaligned a few times, and Tennessee just meat-grinded them, Phil. Yeah, they did. It was nice. Of stuff. I never thought we were out physical in Texas A&M. Uh, yep. I didn't last either. Year we, were more of a, we were more of a finesse team, and this year we're more of a, you know, cramming up your butt team. Well, Friday, Philly, if you'd have told me we'd run for over 100 yards on them, I would have taken that. Two thirty-five, looking like that. We had one big play with our passing game, 
and 15 with our running game or 13 with our running game? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It just doesn't seem possible. Very well, fun to watch, though. Very fun to watch. On my pers- now that I think back yeah, on that I game, think- very fun to watch. Samson's like a change of pace running back that's going to be hard. You can have right and small to sort of wear on a defense, and then you throw in Samson to change the pace, and he can just run right by him. Yeah. I'm distributing those touches like this. Uh, right gets twice as many as anybody. Samson's next up, and then Smalls. That's the way I'm doing it, if it's me. Any, any way D. Williams can get on the field somehow? You know, he was he was uh, lining up, catching balls at wide receiver uh, in warm-ups. So I guess that's a sign that there's progress being made, Philly, somewhere along the way. Well, I think that uh, beating Texas A&M has Tennessee almost a solid. We're going to go eight four at the worst now. Yep. Uh, that's right. And I think Kentucky will beat Kentucky. Uh, I think Missouri is a toss-up game and a and then you got Alabama, I don't count Vanderbilt and UConn. Those are automatic wins. That's and, right. And then you got Alabama and Georgia. And both those games now are more winnable now you're looking at it than they were earlier. But the only problem is, is, uh, our quarterback play. I don't, you have to have a good quarterback to beat Alabama. Well, you have to have a good quarterback to win on the road in this league. Or you have to have something at quarterback, timely play to win on the road in this league. You just do. I mean, A&M didn't have enough a quarterback to win on the road in this league. Now, if A&M's front-line guy would have been out there the other day, which, again, in this league, you got to play him. you got to play who's in front of you. It is what it is. You don't apologize. Is that a different game? Maybe. But that kid, that kid, well, that, I, that Johnson kid wasn't going to be anybody Saturday. He just wasn't. They, they were, they were going to they were gonna put pressure on him, too, I think. Yeah, he's a better player, though. He's a better passer the way, of the ball. The way the defense played, I still think they could have yeah. hamstrung them. They still have Fisher over there on, on the sideline. The Johnson guy, like we were talking about earlier, they just do A&M things. I mean, they had a pass out in the flat that's wide open that he just skips out there to his wide receiver. The guy's probably still running if he catches the ball. It's a perfect call on a perfect set, perfect look. And he just rushes the ball out there and then looks at his wide receiver like, what, what are you doing? When he threw the ball at his feet. But, uh, Phil, you're the man. Great seeing you. One more you. thing, Tony. I yes, get sir. off here. Uh, Jimbo and uh, Shane Beamer, they're definitely uh, feeling the heat right now. Well, one's related and one's beloved by the media. Take Dude. care, my friend. 865-200-5402. We're going to find out. Hey, guy, deal. hey, guys, we're going to find out how valuable, because I still think to win on the road in the league, you got to have a little quarterback play. We're going to find out, Mino, with our group. Uh, yeah, uh, Tony, I, I think that Joe and the receiving core uh, have to play much better than they did Saturday for us to win any of our road games. And it's not just Joe. It's that whole thing. That's exactly no, it right. is. It's the whole passing attack. We'll have yeah. to play better than they did Saturday, or we won't win in a, a road game. John Adams had a now, really I good point. I think they will. But. Well, they have to. You cannot play. You can't. Would they have like a hundred? Would they have a hundred yards Saturday passing? What was the number? Ninety-nine. Yeah, 100? hundred yards total. I mean, geez, yards. It's twenty twenty-three. 
Is Jamel Holloway walking Chaz, back through that door? Chaz, Nim- Chaz Nimrod had 30 of those yards. What a great name. Hello and welcome into our next call. On your Monday edition, the Vols are 5-1. and one, And listen, Alabama is afraid of Tennessee right now. I can promise you that. Saban's watching that tape, and he is concerned about the Vols. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony. Justin Nashville. Hey, Justin. Great to talk to you in the Music City. Uh, I love Heifel. You know, I'm not uh, wanting to make it sound like I'm not. You know, I, I do want to say, though, uh, with this team, he's got to start taking points, and especially early in games. You know, we, we cannot be going forward on fourth down like we like we have been. Hey, you, know, uh, you, uh, are, you are speaking the absolute truth. It, it is time to recalibrate. And be honest with what you have. And when you get a chance to kick field goals with this group, kick field goals. Bino, he's right, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he's right. And I, I, I think Josh is beginning to understand that, that this is a little different, uh, that he has to coach this team differently. I, I think the, the offense got out of rhythm, passing game got out of rhythm. And I think Josh got a little out of rhythm on Saturday. And you know what? I was proud of him, and he might come back to that today after they watch the film. I was proud of him the other day for saying, hey, not only did the quarterback not have a good game and our receivers didn't have a good game, and at times our line on uh, pass plays didn't have a good game, I didn't have a good game. I made some questionable decisions in this game. I, I I was impressed that he owned that, but I agree with you, sir. I think you're right. Well, in defense of him, too, if you watch college football, you know, any random game, it seems like everybody's doing that nowadays. You know, nobody's taking the points. I don't know if you saw the Oregon game, but if I was an Oregon fan, I would be absolutely livid. They only lost that game because of their coach, period. The Giants last night. And what's ironic about the coach at Oregon is that the guy he replaced was known as being one of the worst game managers of all time. And Dan Lanning over there uh, in a close game. And again, you know, when you decide to go for it and you get it, you're a genius. When you decide to go for it a couple times and you don't get it, and at the end of the game you you leave six points on the board, that's why those guys are paid big money. And people like us are allowed to second-guess because it's part of the fun of the deal. But Heupel didn't have a good game Saturday, I don't think. And he really does need to be honest with himself about what this team is. Take your points when you can get them with this group. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we got, you know, last year was a different story. Oh, sure. You couldn't trust your defense, and you had an offense to make up for it. This year, you can trust your defense, and... You never, you know, it's going to be a close game. You know, you're not going to blow anybody out, really. So we got to take the points. Um, two concerns, and I'll hang up about uh, this weekend with Alabama. One, uh, the pass rush that you guys already talked about. You know, especially if Mincy's not in there. You know, I just worry about us. You know, getting taking too many sacks with Milton, especially holding on to the ball, and then hopefully. We're past our road woes of getting 100 false starts and all that kind of stuff because if we get behind the chains, we have no chance. Well, yeah, I think that's an, yeah. I think that's another good point and another 
point of emphasis that we need going forward. Uh, uh, we were a highly penalized team last year, but we were so explosive offensively that we overcame it. This team will not be able to continue to overcome 12 penalties uh, a, a Saturday like we had this past Saturday. You know, Josh, all Josh Heupel teams, since he's been a head coach, are highly penalized. It's just baked into the deal. His formula has always been, though, when I'm playing faster than you, it doesn't matter because I'll erase and negate any of that. And last year they did, like Bino said. Last year they were very highly penalized, and they erased. They would erase it with ease. Now, like you said, you do what Alabama did at Texas A&M and get uh, eight or nine of those false start penalties, and we'll get blown out in that game Saturday. That's what's going to happen to us. Yep, I agree. Well, appreciate it, Tony. Have a good day. Thank you, brother. Great talking to you. Some excellent points there. You got to start kicking field goals. That's a that's a really good point, and I think they will. I think there's a look. You're at the halfway point. You kind of know who you are right now. You're not at this point going to reinvent the wheel, just like Alabama's not. Both these teams are erratic at quarterback at best, and and. One Saturday, we'll have a better athlete who's got better wheels. One team wants to force a guy to run outside, and another team wants to keep their quarterback in the pocket. It's like a complete opposite thing. They want to force Milton to run, and we want Milroad to stay right where he's at and throw the ball downfield. I think it's that simple. Because if you let that Milrow guy get out there and run around the way we tackle sometimes downfield, he could break off some 50-yard runs. I mean, that's just straight-up facts. We want to keep that game in front of us. Look, you get the football. They defer to you. You take the ball down the field. You get down to their 30. You kick a 47-yard field goal. You take it. Fourth down and three. Kick a field goal there. Field goals are going to play in this game, and they're going to have to play for us going forward because it's just sort of the way it is. I'm going to make a call on Mincy here. Let me do this. We'll come back, and then uh, we'll hear uh, Josh Heupel here momentarily uh, when he goes live. Hour two after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Columbia. Take 5 is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. Visit their newest location at 1203 South James Campbell Boulevard and take advantage of their $15 off grand opening special. That's right, $15 off any oil change, Columbia. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. They're faster than you think. Join the Columbia Noon Rotary Club on Saturday, November 11th for Pancake Day. This long-standing event has been serving the best pancakes in town since 1959. Eat in or carry out, your ticket includes pancakes, sausage, and your choice of beverage. Pancake Day will be held from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Memorial Building on West 7th Street. Tickets can be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member, and the cost is $10 each or 3 for $25. Children 6 and under eat free. Proceeds from Pancake Day benefit several Rotary community projects, including scholarships for local students. See you November 11th. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Action on the TLD Logistics Hotline is pretty brisk today. If you want to jump in with us, 865-200-5402. Tony Basilio back with you. There was a report yesterday in the Alabama media, something Nick Saban said that 
is troubling for the future of this series. And Bino, Jeff Henderson, what am I speaking of here? Well, you're speaking of the format, Tony. You know, the SEC's trying to decide whether you're going to play three permanent opponents with six rotators and a nine-game schedule or one permanent opponent with seven rotators and an eight-game schedule. And apparently both Hugh Freeze and and Nick Saban have indicated or kind of let out of the bag that the SEC is leaning toward or has decided to go with 1-7. And if it's 1-7, then that means that Alabama and Tennessee will, will no longer be a permanent opponent. For guys like me, first of all, I want a nine-game schedule rather than eight. But I... I would I would really, really hate to see Alabama and Tennessee go away as an annual rivalry. But Nick Saban also indicated that in the 1-7, he may have been saying you will see an opponent once every, at least once every four years in your stadium. Uh, because a 1-7 still means you would play everyone in the league at least twice every four years. And that's the most important thing. Although I really want to keep, I really want to keep Alabama's permanent opponent. But if they go to one seven, and apparently Freeze and Saban both think that's the way they're going, then we'll lose Alabama on a yearly basis. How could this league do that and continue to charge the kind of prices for tickets that they're charging if they went one seven? This league has been a cowardly scheduler for as long as I can remember. Uh, and they're going to do it again. They're going to do whatever makes gives them the best opportunity to get as many teams in that twelve team playoffs they can possibly get. And one seven. You think if? Uh... Go ahead. Probably Brian. Go ahead. I would now. say one seven is is provides them with the easiest path to do that. Well, do you think the fans can sort of have one of these Shiano Sunday type things no. and try to reverse course? Fans on are that? a bunch of do you sheep. Think that would work. No, the fans are a bunch of sheep that are when they've sent out their ticket renewal for the one seven and they play three. Well, couldn't kicking. there be some kind of demand that hey, we no. want Alabama and we want? No, Alabama. there's not a damn and thing. Auburn fans say we want Georgia no. every year. The, the 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 truth is the big whatever they're calling themselves up there in the Midwest, or if the SEC does this, that big whatever they are is in danger of becoming the league in the deal because they're going to have more interesting football games throughout the season. Am I lying, Bino, when I say that? I don't know what the SEC is doing here. I thought this was about eyeballs and earballs and growing your sport and growing your game and growing your footprint. And How is a 1-7 schedule going to do any of that when you look at what the SEC, no. the uh, big, big whatever they are is doing in future years? No. This, this is about growing your coffers and getting the most teams you can possibly get in the 12 team playoff. If they go one seven, uh, I hope it, uh, I, I hope it boomerangs on them. I hope that they get less teams in a 12 team playoff because people look at their schedule for what it is. And you know what? The, 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 Nick Saban pouted behind the scenes. That's another reason why he might know that the one sevens on the board because he didn't like his three permanent opponents. If you'll remember that, remember they were getting ready to announce that back in the summer. Yeah, because the Big Ten's already yeah, announced even their though, deal. As Brian told us, there are three teams he's played 
annually every year. Let's let's call this what it is, though. This is a Nick Saban decision. Yeah. If they go one seven, this means he won. Hate tell you, Bammers, but that's the reality of this. I will lay this squarely at his feet because he told yeah. us back in the spring he didn't want it. Unless my brother Bino wants to tell me I'm going too far here, which he will hey, if he believes no. that. No, no, you're you're exactly right. This this has Nick Saban's fingerprints all over it. And that's why he's speaking hey. about it. Back to the TLD Logistics Hotline, and we believe that the Tennessee-Alabama series annually will be a thing of the past if Nick Saban has his way in the new SEC. I believe that's the case. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, what's going on, Thomas? Who's your ball, Ryan? Yo, who's your ball, Ryan? What's up, man? Not too much. I hope I hope that's not the case because, man, what a shame. Uh, it's like it's not like they're trying to kill college football, but it's like they're trying to weaken it just enough that you keep coming back and keep getting that money and taking the third Saturday in October away from, let's just be honest, Southern culture. I mean, my goodness. So true. Auburn. Um, the Magnolia Bowl, LSU, Ole Miss. It doesn't matter if you're not a fan of that or if you're not even originally from the South like me. I'm married a Southern woman. If you have an affinity for this culture and this region, you can't take those. You have to play those games every year. So it's like they'll say, we'll give it to you every other year, and you just keep coming back. But I hope it doesn't happen. A blow to Southern culture is a great way of putting it, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not from here, but, like... Yep, I'm not either. It's It's absolutely the truth, what you're saying. It's absolutely the truth. But you know what? I never say never with these people because Colorado, because Nebraska and Oklahoma don't play anymore. Penn State and Pittsburgh don't play anymore. It's not going to surprise me one day. You know, seeing USC and Alabama play the air night, I mean, uh, in uh, USC and uh, and Notre Dame play the air night, it did my heart and my soul some good. Um, this thing that they're doing now, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State not playing each other anymore, Texas and Texas A&M going away from each other till Texas chased them down in this league. I mean, what they've done to major college football is a damn disgrace. And if they go 1-7, that is utterly shameful. And it'll be because of Nick Saban. Let's just call it what it is. Well, Tone, uh, as a man from Pennsylvania, how culturally important is the whole Western Pennsylvania Pittsburgh fan versus the Penn State fan that they don't play that anymore for people who say they would never do it? How culturally important was that? And they took it away. When I was I mean, a young kid and they played that game, it was literally all anybody. And I grew up in Penn State family, but it was literally all anybody talked about all day. The air felt different there. The air felt different during. Uh, that particular weekend, to your point, you knew something special was in the air. Yeah, so I don't think they'll remove it completely, but, yeah, they're going to give us just enough tips so we keep coming back. But let's hope they don't. As it relates to this third Saturday in October, yep. Tom, did you uh, – I looked at Alabama scores with the exception in the last five games, with the exception – of a state who can't play at all, and I'm not sure what they're doing. It's like they're trying to screw up whatever football program they have. Alabama, it has been a one-score game in the fourth quarter, four out of five of the last teams they played. 
which I'll echo what the caller just said earlier. I don't think Heupel's a smart guy. I think he realized after that game my quarterback doesn't have the decision-making capabilities that I thought he did. We got a kick, and this sounds crazy. If it was a 47-yard field goal, I don't think I would kick a field goal. I'd let that Aussie punter punt it and try to get it inside the five again against Alabama. That's just me. But uh, what do you guys think of that? Would that be your rule of thumb, that 45 and in, kick it every time, barring fourth and one? Well, I mean, you want to know that kid's from Indiana. He was a second-team all-league kicker at Indiana, and he made a bunch of kicks for them. Now, come on. Now, he's got decent range. 45 and in. My thing purely, though, is purely statistics. It seems like college kickers never make it 45 and out. Now, sometimes they do. I don't think I don't think he's missed from inside 50 this year. I think all his misses have been, both his misses were outside of 50. I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you, but I will give you this. Yesterday, the kid from, and now you're getting into October weather, the kicker from the uh, Niners missed a shorter, like I think it was a 47-yard field goal with time expiring against the Cleveland Clowns to allow the Clowns to win a game, which was unreal. That's right. But you're getting ready to see this in climate weather, October. To your point, when you get when you go Krogering up there, if it's a night game and you get a windy night game up there, that can be a nasty place to play uh, mm-hmm. on you. It really can be. So you know, I was thinking, I've got a. Go ahead, Bino. Oh, I'm going to this game, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, go ahead, Bino. Uh, Ryan, I was thinking along the same lines that you were. Uh, until I heard that I think he kicked five field goals or more from beyond 50 yards last year at Indiana. And I, I think Saturday was a little strange game in Neyland because of how windy it was. I think that was also, and they, they said on the broadcast, it was more windy on one side of the stadium than it was on the other. What that means, I don't know, but I do That's think good. that was a little bit of a factor in what his range could or could not be on Saturday. And, Ryan, Bama's living on the edge right now. They're, they're living that, – that whole thing of letting Arkansas hang around the other day and kind of letting them kind of falsely back in the game, they're living on the edge right now. I've, Tennessee goes down there and runs a ball on them. Go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Let me hear the number. Go ahead. The last two, the last two games for Alabama, Texas A&M and Arkansas, Milrow, has 19 rushes for minus 50 yards. His long run has been 12. Longest game. 19 rushes for negative 50, and that, that includes sacks, obviously. Just a thought. That's shocking. I would not have thought that. wonder if he's hurt. wonder if there's something yeah. going on with him. If we can keep it within one in the fourth, our quarterback, for all of his deficiencies, he can throw the ball 70 yards. Weird things can happen. That, that's what I'm hoping for is in, in the final five minutes, just have, have a shot and don't be afraid of the moment. Well, and, and again, with him, all you need is him to make a couple big plays. I mean, that's, you know. Exactly. But like the Clemson game. He but, didn't play that well. In Clemson, it just looked like he did because he hit the home runs. But yes. he struck out three times to use a baseball equivalent. That's right. He was uh, Kyle Schwarber. Home runner strikeout, batting 188. 
Bino wants to tell me he's a superstar because he hit 50 home runs because he looks like an American League goofball playing baseball. I, I don't believe I've ever called Schwarber a superstar. Interesting. Because I don't think I've had a drink this year. Interesting. <laughs> uh, guys, a dread show. Go balls. 19 rushes for minus 50 yards against A&M in Arkansas, which obviously... The longest run yeah. has been 12 yards. Wow. Longest. By the way, the uh, basketball team is ranked number ninth in the first AP poll of the year. That's They're underrated. They're a top-five team. I, I, I would... I would uh, buy them at number nine all day long. That's some value. That's an elite eight basketball team, big boy. Bino, his longest run from scrimmage was 12 yards last two weeks. Will he have one longer against us? Yes or no, Bino? Take a stand. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. How about you, Bri? You want to take a stand on that one? Unless he's running around with like a broken ankle or something, he is going to run uh, for longer than 12 yards on one rush against us. I do think that's the case. Yeah, he could he could bust off a 50-yarder there, back unfortunately. To, back to our phones we go on your TLD Logistics Hotline. Josh Heupel getting ready to meet the depressed in Knoxville. Hello and welcome in. What do you say, Tony? Yo. TNT here. What's going on? Hey, TNT, you're dynamite. And you win the fight. (laughs) You know, that bringing up that basketball pole just puts a little more depression on me because Duke great regular season. He just can't get it done in the tournament. I'm enjoying my regular season, though. Yeah, look look forward to that because there is no post on that one. Um I'm kind of looking forward to this. I, I can feel where you come from, Bino, about Alabama traditionalists, but my age here has been Florida, and I'm looking forward to getting them off schedule. So you want to go to the one and uh, – <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say uncle to Florida. One and seven. You would like the one and seven. I, 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 I see more teams on this side. I, I like it. I like the idea. How about that, yeah. Bino? He likes it. Well, you're not going to see any more teams than you would 3-6. Uh, TNT. But you're going to see different teams. All your rotators you're going to see twice every four years, whether it's a 3-6 or whether it's a 1-7. I'm just fed up with Florida, Bino. I'll be honest with you. I'm done with it. I mean, we can't beat them. I I don't care if Florida leaves the schedule or not, uh, but uh, whatever keeps Alabama, I'm for. Yeah. I mean, you grew up in that era when that was – that really was the – this day and time, I don't think Tennessee and Alabama really has that much of a robbery as far as, as at least somebody my age. Such a beautiful game, TNT. Let me ask you something. Go ahead, Bubba. You ever seen a reaction after a Florida game like you did last year when we beat Alabama? You think it doesn't still matter? No, no, I haven't. You got me there. I guess I'm just... I mean, I know we don't beat Florida very much, but we don't beat Alabama very much either. Uh, but uh, I, I... Does that does, does the mystique of having Saban there and them being in the top five every year for the past 20, 30 years, does that have anything to do with it? Yeah, sure it does. It's... Uh, uh, but Saban wasn't yeah, here in it, 1982. It more because of yeah. what you know, he's turned I, them I mean, into. I feel what you got. That, 
82 was a different generation hey, for me. I was a young It's kid. always mattered, though. That's the point. When they when the Vols won in 82 after a long spell, they stormed the field. The uh, we, we did a um, Gate 21 podcast on it that you could find on our website somewhere uh, with Tom Mattingly talking about it and various clips and uh, that was right before uh, uh, Bear Bryant passed away. And, and, and I'll tell you what, man, um, this game is way better, bigger than Nick Saban or any of these players. This game is about, like, like Ryan said, it's Southern culture, man. When Tennessee takes the field with Alabama, Southern culture itself is at stake. Well, you know, there's a place called Misfit Island, and maybe I'm sitting on it right now. Interesting. This, but, Interesting. Uh, you know. But anyway, I kind of like the seven and one deal, and like I said, the biggest, the biggest advantage for me is getting rid of Florida. Guys, I'll check y'all later. Peace. Thank you, brother. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Back to our phones we go. We're waiting for Josh Hyper. Hello and welcome in. Hey Tommy, Josh. Good morning. Wings. <clears throat> you know what do you think about that uh, winner I gave you Saturday, North Carolina? Just another one, Joshy boy. You read that's four out of five. Thanks. How? How dead to the world, Joshy boy, was that Miami bunch after what happened to them? And you talk about spots and getting up, and you, you were a very astute better. But here's another man that I call astute, intelligent, verbose. They were pretty a, a thinker. The Pieta, Joshy boy. I'll come back to you because Josh Heupel is coming into crystal view. Uh, if this thing will click on. It looks like it's trying to do something, and here he is. Physical football game, um, but uh, the resiliency, the uh, the ability. Not a word. Just uh, play the next play. Uh, really proud of that. Um, a lot of really positive things, some things that uh, we got to clean up before we uh, we get to this week in, in Tuscaloosa. A uh, really good football team that we're playing. Um, they're playing well all three phases of the football game. Um, the quarterback's playing extremely well, been accurate with the football down the field. Uh, obviously, he's extremely dynamic with his feet as well. Uh, defensively, uh, they're creating a bunch of negative plays, uh, hitting the quarterback sacks and uh, tackles for loss. And uh, special teams are, are really good. So a uh, huge test for us, uh, one that uh, we'll be excited for and, and uh, got to focus on our preparation here this week. So open it up. Coach, you mentioned the physicality you guys played with. When you flipped on the tape, just what jumped out about your offensive line and kind of what, I guess, what kind of statement does it make to have that sort of success against what was the best run defense in the SEC before Saturday? Uh, they played extremely physical. Uh, I thought they did a really good job uh, with everything that was going on uh, from the perspective of what we were seeing defensively from them. Uh, the communication was elite. Coop did a great job getting everybody on the same page. Uh, our running backs were, were really solid with the football, pressing their aiming points. Uh, bouncing when they need to. They made some plays, uh, but running tough, too. Uh, moving the pile uh, during the course of the ball game, too. Uh, initial contact might have been at 3, 4, 5, and, and finding a way to, to eke out more yards there and, and uh, you know turn third down into a short yard situation and or uh, getting a first down on some of those runs. So all in all, really good performance from those guys, offensive line, uh, tight ends, and the running backs. You talked about the importance of crowd noise the past two weeks, now going on the road in a hostile environment. What did you guys learn from that Florida game that maybe can help you this week? Yeah, at uh, end of the day, uh, we got to do a great job of communicating. Um, you got to focus on your job and uh, be dialed into that. Uh, it's 11-on-11 11 11 when you're inside the line. So 
Um, you know, we've continued to work that. Um, believe we'll be be ready for it when we uh, hit game day. As Milton and his receivers continue to build that connection, what would you say is the biggest contributor as to why we haven't seen more production from them at this point in the season? Uh, um, you know, there, there's a few things fundamentally that Joe did uh, that caused a, a couple passes to be a little bit off target. There's a couple catches that we got to make. Uh, end of the day, uh, we got to continue to grow that way. Do have great belief in, in our guys and uh, where we can get to. Coach, you said after the game you hadn't been a part of one like that in terms of scoring. When you get into a game like that, from a from a head coach managing standpoint, how different is that? Is was there things that when you rewatched from a management standpoint that you have to call and do a game differently in that style versus the shootout style that typically your offense is a part of? Yeah, you second guessing some of my calls or what? Oh, I'm asking if that, if you got to make yeah, some. You second guess some of your calls post game. Uh, listen, each game I, you hear me say it. Uh, each each Saturday uh, essentially is a new season. Uh, each game unfolds and the identity of the game takes place during the course of the game. Um, you got to manage all those situations. You know, from from play calls to um, you know what decisions you're making in, in special teams, uh, all of it, and, and um, so. Um, proud that we we got a win, and, and um, you continually evaluate what you're doing in all areas, and then also uh, try to push those lessons forward too. Coach, with the transition from Coach Gillis last year, now Coach Halsley, and you guys have always talked about, you know, play calling and the game plan is all communal with everybody involved yeah. in it. How's that operation gone? What well, can you tell us about how the operation is yeah, going? Re really, pretty play? seamless. Um, the transition. Uh, Joey's been with me for. I mean, since 2006, we've been together in some form or fashion, except for a couple of years. And, and um, so uh, the communication from up top, what we're seeing, what we're doing, um, you know, the adjustments that we make from drive to drive based on uh, defensive structure really hasn't changed much at all. Josh, how fun was it to flip on the tape with the defense and watch your defensive line play some physical football? Man, um, just, you know, really proud of the effort. Um, all 11 that were out there on the football field, uh, up front, you know, front six, front seven, um, and in particular our front four, uh, just played uh, played really good football, man. They, they came off the ball. Uh, they were destructive in the run game. Guys snagging off and making plays on backdoor cuts, uh, playing with gap integrity. Second level fit it extremely well. And then the ability to get after the quarterback, you know, with just a front four rush, too. Um, thought those guys did a, a really good job of changing the way the game's played. I feel like they are continuing to improve as we go through this season. Uh, you know, proud of the effort. Uh, we're going to need a great one from them uh, this Saturday, too. Coach, uh, Ramel made a lot of plays for you guys last season stepping up. He's had some plays that he probably would like to have back this season, yeah. another one on Saturday. How do you guys get him going a little bit and make sure that some of the plays that he's missed don't become middle. Yeah, in this game, there's a really fine line. Um, and I say that and, and um, until you watch the tape and, and truly understand everything that's going on, I think it's tough to truly understand. Um, you know, last Saturday, this coming Saturday, the Saturday after, you got to do the ordinary things at an extremely high level. And that just happens through your preparation and your practice. And uh, you got to wipe the previous one clean. Uh, you got to take the lessons forward with you, um, but you got to wipe it clean, good or bad. And you guys have heard me say that before. So, um, Ramel's played really well and um, got great trust that he'll play extremely well uh, this Saturday. Adam and Austin? <clears throat> on, the, on the passing game, obviously the explosive plays weren't there the other day. Uh, 
Is there a personnel issue? Do you feel like you have the right personnel for, to have that explosive passing game the rest of the year? Absolutely. We, we've had guys open. We haven't hit them. Um, you know, communication's been off at times. Um, we just got to be a little bit better. Um, it wasn't pretty on Saturday. I'll be the first to admit that. Um, but uh, it's not that far off either. Uh, we got to do ordinary things at a really high level. Bryce Eason continues to really come on and play really consistent football for you all. Was there a moment in time that you noticed where he kind of seemed to morph, maybe mentally made the light bulb came on a little bit more to where the consistency was all of a sudden there? Well, I do think there's been consistent and constant growth from him throughout our time here with him. Um, I do feel like, um, you know, late training camp, early part of the season, the consistency of his mindset, um, being able to attack every rep every single day, um, has changed and, and continued to mature, and, and uh, that's why he's playing the way that he is. He, he's become a really good practice player. You can count on him being consistent every single day. Uh, that's led to his growth and, and him playing the way that he is inside. Alabama's a team that gets after the quarterback at a really high level. What are some things that you guys can do offensively to try to slow that down, keep your quarterback clean? Uh, um, you know, I'm going to say this, and it's kind of on repeat from last week, too. you got to have some efficiency in the run game. Um, you know, you get into long yardage situation, these guys are going to be able to pin their ears back and, and come after the quarterback. They're multiple in, in what they do. Um, all five guys got to operate together in the run game, but uh, you got to be in sync in, in your pass protections, too. And you got to get the ball out on time. Um, there's going to be a bunch of one-on-one -on -one matchups out on the outside. you got to go win some of those matchups and, uh, and uh, be accurate with the football. So it's going to take all 11. Um, they all play a piece in, in what goes on uh, in the run game and in the pass game, too. Josh, heading into the season, you know, obviously you never know exactly what's going to happen, but when you looked at that running back room and, and you looked at what you had up front, did, did you suspect that, that the running game could be this, this sort of consistent and could be this deep and this sort of versatile? Yeah, I, I mean, in this game, it changes uh, from year to year, but and sometimes week to week, too. And, and uh, I did think that we had a chance to be a very mature physical football team up front. The three running backs that uh, you alluded to all were playing their best football. Uh, they had the best understanding of, of what our, our schemes were. Fundamentally, they were at their best. I thought they, they had a chance. Uh, they had a chance to be a group that uh, – we do a really good job in the, in the run game and, and uh, at the line of scrimmage. So, um, you guys know this. Uh, guys have gotten or people have gotten caught up in the, in the pass game um, numbers at times with us. Um, some of the explosive plays, but uh, the the bread and butter of what we do it all starts with the run game. Over here in the back, uh, James Pierce Jr., D. Williams, earning Player of the Week honors for the SEC. How does that make you feel, and how can you talk about their performance? Yeah, I'm excited for, for both of those guys because uh, they continue to grow um, in how they prepare. Um, they continue to grow in their understanding of, of what we're doing uh, and, um, you know, are playing their best football right now. Two guys that continue to just invest and grow, and uh, that's why they're playing the way that they are. Extremely proud of those guys. How similar would you say that the quarterback and cornerback positions are as far as the praise and criticism they get and the kind of thick skin that they need at that position? Quarterback and corner? Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody notices when it's not right, uh, for sure. And uh, you make some plays, everybody notices that too. So the further you get away from the ball, the more obvious it is, um, you know, what plays you made and, and what, didn't, what you didn't make. 
When you look at Jalen Milroe on tape, studying Alabama, when is he at his best? What, what situations for him is when he thrives? Hey, he's made a bunch of plays from inside of the pocket, uh, pushing the football uh, down the football field. His ability, um, you know, if you don't have rush integrity to, to get out and make plays with his feet, uh, it's something that pops out on the tape. And, and then he obviously, like when the ball's in his hands uh, and he's a part of the run game, he's dynamic. So uh, he's somebody that you got to have bottled up, you know, every snap. He's, uh, he's a dynamic playmaker. Did see Omar Norman Lott or David Hobbs. Any status updates on those guys and also Mincy? Yeah, I uh, believe all those guys will, will be ready uh, as we go through this week. Um, anticipate anticipate uh, those guys being ready to go. Joe's a pretty confident guy, um, did not play his best game the other night. How is his confidence now? Do you feel like you need to boost him up at all, or is he, does he need any of that? I mean, I think, you know, when, when you don't play your best football, you've got to be able to wipe it clean. When you play your, your best football, you've got to be able to wipe it clean, too. And um, at the end of the day, have a, a routine that takes you to kickoff so that you are putting yourself in a consistent position to go play your best. Joe's been really mature in how he has prepared. Um, there's some things fundamentally that uh, he's done really well that he didn't do in, in the last one. Um, we gotta we gotta be a little bit better in the pass game. That's him, that's you know the wideouts, it's it's everybody. Thank you coach. Appreciate it. You guys have a great day. There you go, ladies and uh, gentlemen, little Josh Heupel for you as uh, he meets a depressed. And let's see, where were we? We were going back to the phones here. And let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony, Josh, your boy. Wings. Tony, uh, do, you get, do you care if I give you some stats from uh, past rush yards from Alabama's first seven games? Hit it. I love it. All uh, right. First game against MTSU, Alabama had or MTSU had 211 total yards, 133 pass, and 78 yards rushing. Second game against Texas. Texas, 454 total yards, 349 passing, and uh, 105 rushing. Third game against South Florida. South Florida had 264 total yards, 87 yards passing and 177 yards rushing. Fourth game against Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Tony had 301 total yards, 245 passing yards, and 56 rushing. Fifth game against Mississippi State, they had 261 total yards, 107 yards passing, and 154 rushing. Sixth game against Texas A&M. A&M had 306 total yards, 239 yards passing, and 67 rushing. And seventh final game against Arkansas. They had 250 total yards, 150 passing, and 100 yards rushing. So in other words, you better throw on them. They're hard to run on. Yep. So was 
Texas A&M coming in the last weekend. Now, obviously, the thing that's different here is you're getting ready to play a road game, which is uh, last time out, Tennessee got beaten up on the road, got overpowered on the road, I would say, and got out-executed the last time they were on the road, but they didn't have Cooper Mays. But, you know, what do those numbers mean to you as Joshie Boy's laying down some facts today? Uh, yeah, I, it was. it's hard for me to draw anything from that, Tony, because it seemed like a couple of teams had some success rushing the football on, like South Florida, um, while others who are obviously pass first had a lot more passing yards on them. Uh, I don't, I don't know really what to draw from those. What do you draw from them, Bry, if anything? Well, it's going to take, if Tennessee can run like they did last week against them, I like, uh, I like their chances if they can run against them like they did against A&M, and I think they can run against anybody. By the way, James Pierce Jr. is a, SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week, the co-defensive lineman with Landon Jackson of Arkansas. So congrats to Landon James Jackson Pierce. Jackson of Arkansas. Wow. All right. Now, uh, Tony, do you think Saban's game plan for this Saturday, do you think he'll stack the box early against Tennessee? Uh, yes. They're going to they're gonna put this game squarely on Joe Milton. Mm-hmm. Now, Tony, Joe Milton has the opportunity to be a hero this week if he can beat Alabama with his arm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah, he does, Joshy boy. I mean, they've written books about quarterbacks that beat Alabama here. and <laughs> uh, You can uh, have a lot of sins forgiven if you go on the road and play a real solid game and uh, are – a major contributor in beating Alabama on the road. Now, Tony, the last win in Tuscaloosa was that five overtime game when Clawson won on the road. Wow. I think it was. What year was that, Bry? That was uh, 2003. Oh, my gosh. We're back to this again. We're at the 20th anniversary of something like that. You know, Tennessee had won three straight in in Tuscaloosa, I think. And I think they'd won, what, five straight at Bama overall after that win? Wow. Is that right? That's crazy. Tony, uh, what do you think about uh, this series with the Diamondbacks game one tonight? Uh, Diamondbacks scare me. They remind me of the Phillies last year. Okay. They really are playing on house money. Uh, the Phillies are obviously the betting favorite. The Phillies have a better baseball team. They have a deeper pitching staff. But I don't sleep on the first two starters that uh, Arizona throws out there. And if Arizona can steal a game in Philly, it's a very weird, funky place to play, uh, Arizona's home stadium. Yeah. Did you see where uh, the teams that, that played, I think they've gone like, 500 against each other, going back 20 games, going back like 50 games, maybe going back like 70-something games. Which two? All these teams here that are left? 
Yeah, the, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies are five are exactly like five hundred record against each oh, other. Oh, I believe that a long way. Wow. They, they completely annoy me. Yeah, I wish they didn't exist. Tony uh, out the door. I think uh, James Pierce Jr. is going to be the X factor yep. at Alabama Saturday, and he if he can have a game like he did against Texas A and M, and not only maybe get a strip sack fumble. I think the Vols win Saturday. Have a good day. A copper, copper card worthy phone call from Joshy Boy. Make no mistake about it. The guy has totally gone under wings and totally developed right before your very eyes. We develop callers around here. We develop, Hypo develops players. I develop callers. Let's go back to our TLD logistics hotline. Hello and welcome in. Tony, Lord knows I'm better after becoming one of your callers. Say? Life improvement. That's what we do here, man. Life improvement. It is, man. Y'all, 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 are, y'all are making things happen and, and, and training people properly. Gina, Gina even even brags on how, how much better I communicate with her because of my calls and, and discussing with you and getting better as a person. What's she think about you telling her to have a doc Gooden? That's this is a uh, indirect way of marriage counseling. That's that works. That's right. That's right. Hey, um, that's how you do it. Stuff. The past interference stuff that I've been complaining about, saying it's, it's a it's a thing in college football. I'm a degen- I'm a degenerate, so I went back and I looked at the last three years of Tennessee football. Can I can I throw you out the percentages? Uh, this year versus the last two. Yeah, and I want you to email that to me as well, but go ahead. Okay, I will. This year on incomplete passes, we have received pass interference calls on, I'm rounding up, on 3% of our incompletions. 2.7 is the actual number. 3% of our incompletions this year, we've received pass interference calls. The two previous years, we received pass interference on incompletion 22% of the time. Uh, you know just from viewing, uh, Rusty, uh, there's absolutely no doubt uh, that they've been instructed uh, not to call as many pass interference calls. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. The, the two that we got the other day, which were our only two on the season, they probably weren't even in the top five of the worst ones on the day. That's the truth. That is the truth. What, it's so strange. I don't get it. No, and it's you know what they're doing? They're calling like holding. They're calling holding like an absolute champion, though. But they're not oh, yeah. calling anything in the past game at all. It's like, yep. don't let these teams move the ball down the field through the air. Just don't do it. What Webb and Castles got, both got called on running plays for phantom, phantom holes. The call on yeah. Webb was absolutely egregious. It's horrendous. It's egregious. I, 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 he's just pushing the guy. He's literally just pushing. His hands weren't closed at all. He wasn't even doing the, I'm going to hold the front of your jersey inside, inside your shoulder pad area, like on your chest, and push you. He was open-handed pushing. It, it's it's baffling, but the referees are what they are. And the, the big thing is, there's just the, the directive on the pass interference. I don't get it. They're making the game less pleasing to watch, but that's that's a whole other conversation. Well, thank goodness for Chef Boy RD, though, Rusty. 
And I appreciate you. The, the I, lack I, of the, I thank goodness for Chef Boyardee that they missed two really horrendous face mask penalties on Tennessee. On one, the funny on that thing final is, drive, they turned the kid's helmet all the way around. I mean, Bino, how do you miss that? Explain to me, Beanstar, how do you miss that? I, I don't know unless you think Thank some God. kind of exorcism is a... Yes. I mean, like, that, that's exactly you know, right. Uh, the the deep the, the lack of pass interference actually impacts this offense more than the time change rule the clock rules. That's why Rusty's that's why Rusty's telling the truth on that. Rusty, please email that to me because I think that's really interesting. I'd love to get that in the blog, and I will give you full attribution uh, as we always do over at tclub.team, four thousand word blog today. If you want to check it out, Orange wrote with some great stuff. I answered him whim for whim. And then an item in there about how infrequently down through the years Tennessee and Alabama have been ranked at the exact same time at the bottom there. Uh, I I believe what the Associated Press wrote, and I misquoted it, the the number is actually 95-96, and last year, this year, the last two times, both teams were ranked coming into this game, which is remarkably hard for me to believe but speaks volumes to the up-and-down nature and one-sided nature of this series at times. It's been very streaky as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. 
Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is T. Willie. I'm once again talking with Miles Johnson. How are you doing today, and what great sales do you got at Foodland this week? Oh, well, I'm doing great. This week, we have a normal week-long sale. Our week-long sale includes ground beef for $3.49 a pound, seedless grapes, $2.19 a pound, sweet potatoes, $0.99 cents a pound, Milo's Guarantee, 3 for 10, and Coca-Cola 6-pack, uh, 3 for 10. Thanks, Miles. That's amazing. Again, people need to check that out. And you're located right there at 427 West 7th Street, the big shopping center with plenty of parking right there by the post office. It's easy to get in and out of. Uh, you got some a very friendly staff working there, and we really appreciate I know I should come in there from time to time as well. The store is stocked very well. Uh, the people are very friendly, and they'll help you find whatever you need. Miles, thank you as always. I appreciate you and your staff, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week as well. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Got an interesting snooze-snugget for you, and then uh, we're going to do a TLD Logistics Overdrive, Overtime. So those of you hanging, please get there, and we'll get to you. All lines are jammed. Bino, Jeff Henderson, Brian Hartman. My name's Tony Basilio. 
So you heard the snugget that James Pierce Jr. shares co-SEC Defensive Player of the Week honors with a guy named Landon Jackson of Arkansas. You're to be forgiven if you don't know who that is. He's a defensive end. He's a white guy, uh, as they say with a little bit of surprise. Landon Jackson had three and a half sacks and 11 tackles. Brian Hartman reminded me that Alabama's output over the weekend offensively was three total points against a two and five Arkansas team. I'm going to tell you something. Tim Harden once wrote a, a song called In the Second Half. In the Second Half. You know, you look for a reason to believe. Rod Stewart made that song famous. The Vols have a chance this weekend. That line looks ultra-inflated. Now, we don't know about Mincy, despite what Heupel said, and that's a big deal. 